This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. So the way we go is like this. We're going to skip toward the end of the Parsha, and we're just going to go with the Brachos themselves of what was going on here. It says, in Parakhov Zion, it says, When Yitzchak got older, he stopped being able to see. He called Esau his oldest son, and he said to him, My son, and he said to him, Here I am. I don't know when I'm going to die. Go get me something. And he says, Make for me tasty foods. Kashura hafi like I love. Bring them to me and I will eat it. That I can bless you before I die. At the time, Yitzchak was 123 years old. Esav and Yaakov are 63. Yitzchak was not going to die until he was 180. Which means this is well over, I mean, we're talking over 50 years before he's going to die. I mean, this is a long time before his death. Avram didn't die until 175. Now, granted, Sarimenu died at 127. So his fear was that within five years of one of your parents' death, you should be careful. But within five years, you just have to be careful. It doesn't say anything. It doesn't mean anything, but you have to be careful. And that seems to be the reason why Yitzhak Avinu wanted to give a brother. And that seems to be what it is. But that doesn't explain why he wanted to make a meal. That doesn't explain the meal whatsoever. Why does he need this tasty food? Now, granted, the Korban Pasach is the answer, and that gave it away. I might have given it away in the text. I'm not so sure if I did or not. But regardless, it seems strange that he would give away this type of a meal. Why did he need it? Now, the Rabbinu Bachya, Rib Schwab, the Chizkuni, and the Meshachachma all give answers. We're going to go with the Panach Raza. The Panach Raza was an early Rishon, and the Raza de Meir, which is a safer written on the Panach Raza, says the following. Yitzchak was well aware of Esav's failings. He knew that Esav was not the greatest person in the world and that he had done things that were extremely messed up. As well as the fact he also knew that he had sold his birthright to Yaakov. Now that's something that all the Rishonim seem to ignore or say that nobody ever found out about that Yaakov got the birthright from Esav and then never told anybody about it. The Esav care? What? And why did Esav care at the end? And Esav care that what? That he didn't get the bracha. Well he said well we have to worry about the bracha. The Bechoro was different. The Bechora he didn't care about. But Yibez, Esav is a Bechora. But Yitzchak Avinu knew that Yaakov was the Bechora and that Esav was no longer the Bechora. He felt that the downward spiral that Esav's life took from that point on was because he messed up with one big meal. Esav was starving. He had just killed Nimrod. He came in to go see Yaakov Avinu and to do whatever he needed to do with, the, with, with Yaakov Avinu. He bought the lentils. He had killed Nimrod already. He walked in and he just pours the lentils down his throat swallows them even though they might have been boiling hot even though they were, he, was, he was just absolutely starving and ate it in the wrong way and from that point on he kept, becoming, he kept coming, being worse and worse and worse so what Yitzchak assumed and rightly so was that was the moment when everything went down the, to- the table of a Talmud Chacham is considered a very holy thing, like a Mizbeach. Bringing food to the table of a Talmud Chacham is like bringing a Korban on top of the Mizbeach. That's what it would be like. And thus, he thought, Yitzchak Avinu thought, if he goes ahead and brings me food on my table, 
that will be like a, 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 a korban being brought on a Mizbeach, it can make him into a holier person. And he said, let's make a meal to be metaking to fix up what he had done wrong in the original meal. That's the idea behind it. At that point, the bracha may not have been an out loud bracha. It may not have been a bracha where everybody gets out and they say something and there's, there's a whole bracha that he says, it might not have been that way. It might have been an automatic bracha that Esau eating together with Yitzchak Avinu would be blessed just by being around that area. Rivka Inenu decided otherwise. I don't need Esau to get this bracha because I know he's not going to get any better from it. Nothing's going to happen from it. And she didn't want to give Esau a chance whatsoever. But Yitzchak's plan was to make a meal and be attacking everything through that meal. Now, Pirkei Rebeliezer in Paraglamid Bay says that this was the day before the night of Pesach. It was Erev Pesach on that morning. Yitzchak called his oldest son Esau and here's the wording that he said. Bini, my son, on this night, the entire world says hollow. No one knows why the Perkid Rebbe says Kola Olam Kulo says hollow. At the time, the Jews had not been saved from Egypt, and even when they were, nobody says hollow except for the Jews. Nobody does that. It's a very strange line by Perkid Rebbe Eliezer. I'm sorry? It seems like it's right then. Yitzhak is saying, on this day, everybody says hollow. It sounds like not they will, not that they did, but that they are. Are saying how Everyone the, uh, the events of uh, the, exodus, the, uh, the exodus that's going to be in another 400 years? I mean, that's true, but that's later on. It's not now. That's the problem. It sounds like he's saying right now. But anyway, Yeah, but they weren't. I mean, he says that the storage houses of dew are open on a night like tonight. That's what he told them. Therefore, because the storage houses of dew are open, you should make me matamim while I'm still alive so that I can bless you. Now, Esav went out and he was delayed. Rivka Imenu called over Yaakov and said, Beni, halayla zeh otros tulalim nis... Otros Tlalim are brought down in this time. And on this day, she said it a little bit different. and Your children will go ahead and they will be redeemed on this night and they will sing Shira. Therefore, you should feed your father Matamim so he can bless you. Says the Perkid Rebellers, and it ends off with this. Why would he bring two goats? Two goats, is that the amount that Yitzchok would normally eat? Two goats is a large amount of food. Why would he bring two goats? One was for the Korban Pesach, and one was for sweet foods, so he would eat the Korban Pesach al hasova, the, the way that we eat the Korban Pesach after a meal. So one was for the meal, one was for the actual Korban Pesach, and that's what it's supposed to be. Now let's go through this period of Revelation and understand it a little bit and try to go through what's going on. The Redal, Reb David Luria, who is the parish and the period of Revelation, the normal parish that they use for it, says the reason why it's the Brach of Tal is because that's what we say at the time of Pesach. We switch from Mashiva Ruach Amorita Geshem to Morita Tau. That's the time. Maybe this is even a smach to the minig of those that say Morita Tau since the Otsros Tau is open on that night. The Midrash Seichel Tov says on this night of Pesach, that's when God judges the grain for the entire year. The amount of grain that is going to be grown in the entire world for the year is made on that night based on the Mishnah. In Rosh Hashanah, Tapes Zion Amadal. Thus it makes sense that the storage houses of Dew are open on that night. Probably there's a reference to what we beg for that we do good in Parshish Kisavo and we will get
get his good storage house. That's possibly the idea behind it. Because of that, Yitzchak understood the biggest bracha, the time to give for Parnassah is Pesach night. I have no idea why we don't have that minute nowadays. Why not give people brachas on Pesach night, on Seder night, and say to them, you should be, you should have good Parnassah this year. You should be able to do it. I've never seen anyone. I've never heard of any minute like that. But it would make sense. Yitzchak Avinu did it because he knew how special this night was. So he should if he did it, and you wanted to give a bracha of Parnassah, then we should also do the same. I don't know why people don't do it, but people don't do it. So there's a thing to think about this coming up here. Again, don't do it in a weird way, people think you're strange. But to say, like, you should have a bracha of good Parnassah this year. That's a nice thing to be able to say on the night of Pesach. The truth is, he did not really think he was dying at that moment. This was not like Yaakov Avinu or Moshe Rabbeinu, who when they gave brachas, they knew the Shekhinah was by them, and they knew they were dying within 24 hours. That was Yaakov Avinu at the end of his life, and that was Moshe Rabbeinu at the end of his life. That's when they gave the brachas. Yitzchak's brach over here was just taking advantage of a good situation. It could be that he did this every year, but this year was an extreme, and he told Esau, it's time for you to change. And he wanted to give a special bracha to make sure that Esau would be around. And that's why Ripka got involved over here and said, this special bracha tonight should be going to you instead. Now the Radal says, the two goats were not actually a Korban Pesach. Not actually a Korban Pesach. It was a Zecher. What do we do on Pesach night? We have two reminders of the Korban Pesach and the Korban Pesach. What do we have as a reminder of the Korban Pesach? That still That little Zeroa, the chicken bone or whatever it is. Although you should know, all Spartan, they don't use chicken bones. They use like a real leg. An actual leg. And they put it on there like a little lamb leg or something like that. They put a real shank bone on the Seder plate. I was shocked by that. I had no idea. But then I found out that most Ashkenazi do that as well. Just I, I had no idea. I always used just chicken bones. I never thought of anything different. And then we have for the Zecher Lechagiga. There was a Korban Chagiga we have in? Egg. egg. We have an egg with it. We have two reminders of it. Says the Pirkei Rebbe Lezer. Obviously it wasn't Pesach yet. They had never even heard of the concept of Pesach yet. But Yisrael Avinu knew there was something special about this night. So from that, Yaakov Avinu understood and they had done this before. It's not like it's the first time they ever celebrated Pesach or whatever they had. They had memories a remembrance of what will be in the future. Even though they may not have known exactly what would be, because they didn't have pure Nebuah that came to them at all times, but they did have somewhat of a Nebuah. They understood that we should have a Zecher for the Pesach and a Zecher for the Korban Chagiga, a reminder of what's going to be in the future. And he brought out one goat for that reason and one goat for the other reason, similar to our Bez Tapshuin that we put on top of the plate itself. Now, I, it seems that this mitzvah was something that was done at all times. And we're going to see that Yaakov was involved in this mitzvah quite often. Yonas and Benuzil. Targum Yonas and Benuzil. Remember, Yonas and Benuzil was a Talmud of Hillel Hazokin. Hillel Hazokin, the Gemara in Sukkot, the Chavkasim and Aleph says, he had 80 Talmudim. Hillel. This is base Hillel. Base Hillel contained 80 Talmudim. The top 30 were able to stand the sun in the middle of the sky. Like Yoshua ben Nun. The bottom 30, unbelievable Talmud Echamim, they knew absolutely everything in the world. Okay? Able to do Tchiyas Amis in quarter one parish of the Gemara. The middle 20, the top one of those 20 was Yonas and Benuzil. The bottom one of those 20 was Rabban Yochanan ben Zakkai. Rabbi Yochan ben Zakkai, who's the Rebbe of Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Eliezer, who became the Rebbeim of Rabbi Akiva, that was the middle Talmudim. There is another way of reading the Gemara where Yonas and Benuzil is the top of the 80. The bottom one was, was, was Rabbi Yochan ben Zakkai, regardless. Yonas ben Uziel, when he learned birds that flew over his head would burn up, they would immediately incinerate from that there. That must have been absolutely awesome. It's 
to watch every single time you'd be learning. I, if I was there, I would just throw birds. <laughs> just right over that, just see what happens. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be absolutely awesome. Jonas and Benuziel says very similarly. He told Asaph, today is the 14th of Nisam in this process. It's a good time to get a bracha. But he adds on that the two goats were actually a Korban Pesach and a Korban Chagiga. They were mamish. Korban Pesach and a Korban Chagiga. Rashi seems to say exactly like Jonas and Benuziel. Seems to say that it was literally for a Korban Pesach and that's the reason why he brought these two goats. He didn't say that it's a, me- a zecher, a remembrance of. It was an actual Korban Pesach. That's the idea of what he was supposed to say. The Das the Canaan says very similarly as well that it was actually Pesach. Das the Canaan says Rivka dressed him up as a coin goggle. Now I know we know that he took on the clothing of Esau which was the famous begotten of Adam Rishon, right? Those begotten, the special begotten that Adam Rishon bequeathed to his son, 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 son that eventually Nimrod had and Esau stole from Nimrod that that cloak was given over. According to this Das the Canaan he was dressed up like a coin goggle. He had the Migbas or the Mitznefes. He had the Avnate. He had the regular Me'il and the Aphod as well as the Choshen. He had everything and he dressed up as a coin goggle to do the Avoda of the Pesach of that night. That's what they did. The Sefer Reach Tudayim says, Lehalacha. If you're only one person eating the Korban Pesach or two people eating the Korban Pesach and you won't finish the Korban Pesach, then you're not allowed to have a Korban Chagiga. You can only have one Korban Pesach because that'll be enough to fill you up. So we asked over here, so why would he need two? If it's only two people eating, Yaakov and Yitzchak, eating from the Korban Pesach, that should be enough. Why did you need another goat for the Korban Chagiga? The answer is that Yitzchak knew that he wanted to give brachos to Esau, even though he wasn't worthy. Even though he wasn't worthy of it. He said, if I give him the brachos, maybe he'll be worthy. That was his line. Ripken said, no, if you're worthy then you should get the brachos. And if you're not worthy, then you don't deserve to get the brachos. This is what she said. She hinted to him that you need matamin, sweet foods, to fill you up before you can eat the korban pasach. She knew the halacha that you can only have one korban pasach in this case. But she was hinting to him, in order to get the bracha, which is the korban pasach, you need sweet foods first. You have to have something in you first. And that's Yaakov, who already was a Talmud Chacham, not Esau, who wasn't a Talmud Chacham. That's the way the Reach Tudayim says, and that's the reason why he did it just like that. Now, there's a lot of other Ramos in here that it was Pesach. Crazy other Ramos. And I've got a couple little Kedushim over here that, that are a little bit crazy. It says, Yitzchak never asked for wine. But it says, Vayave lo yayin vayesht. He brought him wine, and then he drank. Now, the weird thing is, is that we do have a Balkori over here. There's a weird trup underneath the word low that he brought him wine. It's called a Mercha Kfua. A doubled up. It looks like a Gershayim, but underneath. Okay, I don't mean to put you on the spot. How do you pronounce it? How do you do it? That's how it is? Yeah. Okay, it sounds like a Tlisha Gidola. Look at mine. Um, Look at that, huh? Look at that. I'm landing years. It sounds like that. I so. I've never, I've never known how to do a miracle kafula because I, I was never taught when I did bar, when I got my bar mitzvah lessons. It was kisavu. I never got a miracle kafula. I was very upset about it. But that's a miracle kafula. Two of them. No, I never got a shoshalos either. It was very upsetting. But that you can get because you just listen to people and that's all that. So here we go. Yaakovino brought his father wine, even though he never asked for it, and Esau didn't bring wine later on. Why did he bring him wine? Paris Yosef says he got the wine from Michael. 
Michal gave him the wine, and it was a hint to the four cups of wine that we drink on Pesach. So why two cups? What's the miracle kfula, which means a doubled up wine? Why was it two cups altogether? So it first says, Vayagesh lo vayochal. He approached him and he gave him to eat. And after you eat the korban pasach, which is the afikomen, what do you have? You have two cups of wine. He had the last two cups of wine and finished off the Seder. That's what he ended up having. So there were two cups of wine over here and that's the idea of the miracle kula. That's what he was doing over here. The Meshach Chokma says the cup is there because you should know, by the way, when you drink a cup, it's for everyone here, you should never drink a cup in one gulp. Drinking a cup in one gulp is known as a gargaron. It's a gemara and psachim. It's known as a gargaron. So you shouldn't take it and just swallow like that. A gargaron is a, a drunken person. Let's call it like that. Yeah, that's the definition. When a person takes a shot and goes like that, you shouldn't do that. Leave a little bit in the cup, and even though somebody will make fun of you, it doesn't make a difference, go ahead. You might not be able to play those games anymore, right? The little drinking games. But nonetheless, you're supposed to leave a little bit. You're supposed to drink in twos. In twos. That's the way to be able to drink. Therefore, he says the miracle fool is that he gave him the drink but gave it to him one sip and then a second sip so he wouldn't drink it all at once it would be done in that way that's what the Meshachachma says was used over here now the Qasam Sofer adds on an unbelievable thing over here he says three questions number one the wine seems to have been brought to him at the beginning of the meal as well I mean it has to be that way right by every low yain he wouldn't just bring the last two cups it would be the first two cups as well so what happened to those first two cups why didn't he bring them that wine in the beginning instead just bringing them at the end that's number one number two why wouldn't Esau bring the wine he must have known it was Pesach must have realized that there was some wine there had to be wine involved so why didn't Esau bring any wine number three Asaph was so careful in Kibbutz of the Aim. We all know, right? He dressed up in his Shabbos clothing. He had Kibbutz of the Aim all over him. So he was asked to go get food for his father. He went out, and we all know what happened, right? He tried trapping things. Malachim took the things out of the traps and everything like that. Yaakov comes in, gets dressed up, gives his mother two goats that he shechts, he strips the skin off the goats, gets all the bones out, whatever it is, gets the meat cooked. Goat meat takes a long time to cook. It is a tough meat and takes a long time to cook. Goes in to Yitzchak Avinu, has the whole Seder with him, the Seder on Pesach. I can't imagine it was like very slow. There has to be a, a Dvar Torah or two, at least a Dvar Torah or two. Where he has the entire Seder, finishes with the Afikonin, and then Asaph comes back. Where was he? Where was Asaph the whole time? This took a really long time. Asaph was so careful and keep it up. Asaph says the Ksam Sofer. What was he doing and why wasn't he there? Great question. That's a great question. The Medrash tried answering that the Malachim were trying to take the food and grab all the animals out. So what? Go back. You have to keep it up. Aim. Go back to your dad and say, I don't know what's going on here. The Malachim are stealing all my food. I'm going to be back. I just don't know what to do just yet. Do that. It's just so strange. He could have shot to the goat as well. Obviously, they had goats of some sort. Uh, that's right. That didn't happen yet, so there's nothing to go through. Well, okay, so it might have been a little bit quick. Nonetheless, cooking a goat is not going to be the 
quickest thing in the world. He's super hot wired. I mean, that's who also, so don't you think he would have met up with Rip, Rip, uh, Mom, what are you cooking those goats for? Nothing. <laughs> At some point, somebody must have met somewhere, some, someone somewhere. I mean, how is it that Asa was gone for that long you were able to do that much of a process? Okay. Here's the shot, guys. It goes like this. Erev Pesach. The halacha is, you're not allowed to start a meal after Mincha Kitana. Now, if you do the day, if, let's say, nowadays it's very close, if 6 a.m. is sunrise, 6 p.m. is sunset, that means 12 o'clock is Katsosiyom, that's midday. Mincha Gidola, the earliest time to daven Mincha, is 12.30, according to my chart over here. Half hour after Katsos, 12.30. Mincha Kitana is... At 3.30. The way we figure out Quad Mincha, the earliest time to accept Shabbos, is you take Mincha Kitana <coughs> and the amount of time from 3.30 until sunset, which is 6. You take those two and a half hours, divide by two. Two and a half hours divided by two is an hour and a quarter. And that hour and a quarter is called Quad Mincha, and that's the earliest time to be able to accept Shabbos. That's the earliest you can light candles, the earliest you can dot the marit. That's the earliest time, that Quad Mincha right there. Okay? Mincha Kitana is the earliest, the absolute earliest time that you have to be able to, to make anything for Shabbos or Yom Tov or anything like that. But on Pesach, everything has to be done at night. You can't make early Pesach. You can't have a Seder a little bit earlier. And even if the clocks haven't changed yet and it's hard for the kids, do anything you can, but you can't start the Seder earlier than nightfall. Nightfall means Tzitzit give or take 50, five zero minutes after Shki, after sunset. You can't do that. And you can't eat during that time of Mincha Ketana, which is 3.30, up until Tzitzit You can't eat anything because you've got to have an appetite for the Seder. So you're not allowed to do that. There's one exception to that rule. The only time you're allowed to do that is if you started your meal before Mincha Ketana. If a guy started a meal at 3 o'clock p.m., 3 o'clock p.m., and then went straight, 3, 4, 5, 6, he can continue eating all the way through, and when time for the Seder comes in, 50 minutes after Shkia, which would be 6.50, at that moment, you stop, you bring out the wine, and that's when you make Kiddush. So your whole Pesach meal started so early, it went straight until after the time would come, and you bring out the wine, and you make the wine right there, and that's when you start your actual meal. That's when you be allowed to continue the meal. This is all in the park of our Vipsaka. I'm sorry? The first coast. And the Seder. Then you have to do the Seder. Right? But it's a lot quicker. The only thing you're skipping is Shokanov. You don't have Shokanov. You don't have that. Yeah. You're going to have Shokanov before, and it goes all the way through. I'm sorry? No, you can't do Magin before either, because the mitzvah, Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, is only at night. Only at night, so you only have the Kriya at night. Yaakov, by the way, as a side note, I remember hearing this once, but I don't know how, how I, I haven't verified it. The only mitzvah that you ever have that is exclusively at night are the mitzvahs of the night of Pesach. Everything else, like Kriya Shema, you have a Kriya Shema at night, but there's also Kriya Shema during the day. Right? Any mitzvah deal raisa, the only one that is high of only at night, has to do with Lel Pasach. Okay? Only with Lel Pasach. It's a cute thing to be able to know when you get into Torah Bowl. It's, it's important to be able to know that. Okay. He brought up the line. Yaakov hurried and started the meal at 3 o'clock. 
so that his father would be there. Meaning, at 12 o'clock, Yitzchak went to his son, Esau, and said, Esau, go prepare the food, get the Korban Pasach. Yishak the Korban Pasach after Chatzot Sayom. So he told him, go get the Korban Pasach, and go find me Mat'amim, and go get everything, and get everything ready for me, and we'll have the Pesach Seder tonight. Rivka Minu runs over to Yitzchak. Yitzchak runs to get the goats. They cook the goats really quickly, and they start the meal at 3 o'clock. Now, if you start at 3 o'clock, you're allowed to start a little bit early. That's why Yitzchak, the first line he said to Yaakov, was, Mazam Yehartal Abogani. Why did you quickly come in, my son? Pesach Seder isn't until tonight. So Yaakov, Vinu, pretending to be Esau, said, HaKadosh Baruch Hu put it in my hands. It must be Mina Shamayim that we're supposed to start the meal a little bit early. Yaakov, Vinu, starts the meal at 3 o'clock and goes straight. He gives him the food, by Yagesh Lo, by Yochal. And then at the end, when it turned into 6.50, when it was time for the Seder, by Yavilo Yain Viesht. Then he brought him the four cups of wine. The four cups of wine were only drunk at the end of the night after he'd already finished the whole meal during that day. So he had done it in that way. Why did he do that? Because Asa was delayed just up until Minchaktana. Asa was delayed by the Malach and he's trying to get the food at, until 3.30. After 3.30, he knew his father wouldn't start a meal. Since he knew his father wasn't going to start a meal, says the Chassam Sofer, he decided, all right, I'll wait until tonight. So he hung out did whatever he needed to do, and didn't walk in to Yitzchak's room until after nightfall. And that's how Yaakov was able to do everything without Esau realizing what was going on, because Yaakov started the meal a little bit early to make sure that Esau wouldn't be around. But the wine was at nightfall, so that they crossed over. So right there, when the yayin was brought, that's when Yaakov left. And that's when Esau walked in. That's the moment where it happened. We'll get to that in a second. Right at that moment. And right then, that's when Esav walked in. But Yaakov, Yitzchak, you know, had already had his Korban Pesach. He had already eaten, or maybe he had eaten just at nightfall and then had the wine, but he had already eaten, which meant he could no longer eat from Esav's food. Because once you eat the Korban Pesach, we know, you're not allowed to eat anything once that point comes in, and that's that. That was the shot behind all this. Thus he said, when he said, Anochi Esav Bechorecha, I am Esav your Bechor. So that Rashi answers in how he was able to say that he was really Esav when he wasn't Esav. But the next line, Otsisi Kasher Dibarta, I did what you told me to do. Yitzchuk never told him to do anything. Otsisi Kasher Dibarta, that works. But Otsisi Kasher Dibarta, when did you tell me to make it? The answer is, I did the halacha according to what you told me the halacha was by feeding you a little bit early. That's what he was trying to say. And that's why he hurried. That's why he went around to make sure he wouldn't be there. And that's the brilliance of, yes, of Yaakov, you know. Esav walks into the room, and it's, it's mamish unbelievable the way it goes. The Menachem Tzion, Sifra Menachem Tzion, quoted by the time he him, says when Yitzchak reached Shvoch Hamascha. What do we do by Shvoch Hamascha? We get up, and we open up the door, right, for Elio and Abi to come in. Shvoch Hamascha Lagayim is we pour out your wrath, God, upon the other nations of the world. Yaakovinu got up at Shvoch Hamascha, and he opened up the door, the Minig of Kal Yisrael. Opened up the door, and he saw Esau coming, and he immediately said, Shvoch Hamascha Lagayim Asher B'Shem He said those lines of pour out your wrath upon Esau, and then he hid behind the door. Esau walked in, and he ran out. 
some say it was like a double door. It's like he walked in as he walked out the other way, like sort of like a, one of those guys, like the restaurant kitchen doors. And he went out one while Asaph went out the other, and that's, it, that's what it was supposed to be. As soon as Asaph came in, Asaph walked in with his food, and Yitzchak Avinu turns to him and says, Wait a second. Then who just came? He said, I don't know. I'm Esau. I need And Yitzchak cries out loud. He says, Oh my gosh. Your brother came with trickery. With trickery. Rashi says, With the wisdom of the Torah. What was the wisdom of the Torah? Bimirma is the gematria of Afikomen. Your brother already fed me the Afikomen. He was a chokmatator. He fed me the afikomen. I can't eat your food. That's what he said to Esau. I can no longer eat your food. There's nothing I can do over here. Yaakov Avinu brilliantly fed me the afikomen right before you walked in, which means I can't do anything anymore. I no longer can get any hano from any of the food that you give me. There's nothing I can do anymore. That's what he told him right there. And that's the line, Ben Mirma is 287, which equals afikomen, and that was it. Yaakov really asked him over. It was it. it. This was an unbelievable move by Yaakov. You know, and that's that. The Ksav Sofer. Let's look at the line that Yitzchuk uses. Now, I, again, it's very hard to understand Psukim Kipshuto. But in this, if you learn it correctly and you look at the Psukim again, you realize unbelievable things are happening over here. It says, Yitzchuk got very afraid. Me, Afo, who at who therefore was the trapper? He brought it to me and I ate. And remember, he smelled it before and he smelled Ganadin. If it was trickery, Yitzchak would be able to smell it. If it was something usher, Yitzchak would be able to smell it. He's a tzaddik and a tamakacham and a, the greatest men of, one of the greatest men who have ever lived. He would have smelled it. But you believe Ochal. But Ochal Mikol. I ate everything. And by the way, you know how we say Bakol, Mikol, Kol? This is the Mikol. I ate from everything. That was an unbelievably holy meal. The term to vote. This happened right before you came, Babar Chayu. And I blessed him. Gambaruchiyah. He should remain blessed. You see, the Yitzchak at first was shocked, but the shocker was that Hakarish Baruch allowed it to happen to me. How could this happen? Must be Gambaruchiyah. That's the idea behind it, and that's what he's trying to say. So, yes, Yitzchak Avinu understood what was going on. The Ksav Sofer says that the reason why he served in the Afikomen is because Yaakov wanted to hint something to Yitzchak Avinu. He wanted to give him a hint of something. He said, the sole purpose that Esav wants these buckles, the only reason why Esav wants these buckles is to get his benefit in this world. He wanted to use it for himself to fulfill his taivas. That's why he wants this food. That's the only reason why he wants this bracha. He wants to have everything in Olam Hazet and Gashmias and to be able to be in this world. So Yaakov brought the Afikomen to show that one should do everything, even as eating a food, L'shem Shamayim. The Afikomen was eaten al hasova, which meant <coughs> when you were full and you didn't want to eat, you had to eat the Afikomen anyway. L'shem Shamayim. Not because you're hungry, not because you want it, but because L'shem Shamayim. Nowadays, when we do matzah as Rafi Komen, everyone will agree it's a L'shem Shamayim. <laughs> Nobody is sitting there after your meal is over and says, matzah, that's what I need right now. No one's doing that. We eat it purely L'shem Shamayim. That's the idea behind it. He wanted to show him, it's got to be like the Afi Komen, Yitzchak Avinu. It's got to be like the Afi Komen, Dad. You have to do it L'shem Shamayim, and Esav isn't doing it L'shem Shamayim. 
With this Pesach idea, you can take it a little bit further. Okay, this is the idea. We all know that on Pesach there are four sons. Chacham, Rasha, Tam, and She'enu, the Elishol. And we all know, we, everybody understands that the Chacham is the opposite of the Rasha, right? The Chacham is the great guy, the Rasha is the bad guy. And everybody thinks of it that way. Not true. The Chacham is a smart guy, but he's not a tzaddik. That it doesn't say about him. He knows how to ask a kasha. He gets a ma, boda, what is going on here? Ma, chukim, ma, edus, ma, mishpatim. He understands how to ask a kasha. That doesn't make him a tzaddik. He still says, you. What are these mitzvahs that God commanded you? He didn't ask it fully correctly. A tzaddik would say, what are these mitzvahs that God commanded us? But he doesn't say that. The chacham asks you. The rasha is just a fool. He asks it in a dumb way. What does work mean for you? He doesn't explain himself. He used the word just for you. He doesn't say God's name. That's a rasha. He asks it in the wrong way. Who is the definition of the greatest son at the Seder? The Tom. Mazos. What's going on here? Just tell me what's going on here. That's the definition of a Tamim Tia Nashem a perfect person with God. Who is the Ishtam? It's Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu is the Ishtam. He's the good guy at the Seder. The Russia is the opposite of him. Now, Esau, Yaakov, Yitzchak, if you understood him to be a Chacham. He thought he was a Chacham. Tremendously talented. A guy who asks good questions like, should I take Meister off Melech and Kevin? Should I take Meister off the salt and the straw? He has good questions, but he's just a little bit off. He's a bit of a fool. So I'll give him a bracha and I'll turn him from a Chacham into a Tam like Yaakov Avinu. That's what I'll do, says Yitzchak. This is the idea. It turned out, said Rivka, he was a Russia. And Yitzchak only realized it at that moment. Now the Russia has potential. He still has potential. He's still at the Seder. He's not like the guy who doesn't show up. There's a fifth son, you know. There's a fifth son who doesn't show up at the table. He's just not there. There's Shaino Rotzelishol. The guy who doesn't want to ask any questions. Yitzchak chose this night specifically to give brachos to Esau because this is the night where the Russia can become a Tom, a Chacham, and a Chacham can become a Tom. This is the night where everything special could happen. It wasn't just coincidental. It happens to be Pesach and there happens to be Powell and there's a good brach on this night. It's that on this night, Esau can become different. On this night, anyone can become a different type of person. The Rivka knew that Esau was too, too much. It would be a waste of Yitzchak's time. Esau's not going to do it, so she stopped it completely. I'm going to end with two little quick pshatim. It says, the Torah Shlema says that when Yitzchak asked for Tzayid, Tzudalit Tzaydah, Go trap for me a trapping. Seda is spelled Sadi Yud Dawid, and there's a hay at the end, but the hay is not pronounced. Not Seda with a hay, Seda without a hay. And although we as Ashkenazim don't know how to pronounce things ever, <laughs> Sfardim know how to pronounce it correctly. It's Seda without the hay, the hay is not included. So everybody says Suda lead Seda. Really, it only needed to be Tsud, Tsud. The extra letters of Tsuda is Vav and Hay. The extra letters of Tseda are Yud and Hay. For Yud K, Vav K, that's obvious, right? Listen to this words. The Torah Shlema says, he told Asaph what he wanted. I prefer to have Tsiporim. That's the Tsadi. If you can't get me birds for my meat tonight, then get me a Yud. The ten kosher animals that are mentioned in the Torah. In A, there's a list of ten kosher animals that you're allowed to eat. So get me one of those ten kosher animals. Get, go get me one of those. That's the Yud. If not that, then get me Dalid. Dalid stands for? Well, what do you think? Dug in. Or Arbe, which have four Simone Tahara. 
that have four legs that they use to jump on the ground, that's regarding that. But the hay is silent. Why is the hay silent? He specifically told Esav, do not get me any of the five non-kosher animals. And they say to me, wait, five non-kosher animals? There's only four. The camel, the shafan, the arnevets, right? And the chazer. There's a fifth. The Gemara Nechulun says, Shesua is a fifth animal. Abriya Shishla Shnei Gabayim, Abriya Bifnei Atzmo, Machlokas Rab and Shmuel. But there's a fifth animal there. And he was saying, Tzudali Tzayid, without the hay, meaning we don't pronounce the hay, meaning get me a Tzadi Yud and a Dalit, but don't get me the hay. Don't get me the hay, which are those five not kosher animals. That was a hint that he was giving her there. We're going to end with the grow. So what are they arguing that the animal is? The animal, the Shisua? Yeah, they don't explain it. I always thought it was a coward peccary, which is a type of pig-like creature that lives in South America. But a lot of people argue with that because they say it's sort of like a piggy, so I hear it. If you say that the peccary is different from a pig, then you have major problems with llamas, which are just like camels. So if peccaries are not pigs, are llamas really like camels? And if they aren't, then why aren't they mentioned? Okay, so it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, Eliodov is going to come down and be like, no, you're all a bunch of fools. This is it. And I'm just going to be like, oh, I thought it was an ostrich. It's just going to be something crazy. And we're just going to be like, oh, man, that's crazy. And then it's going to be all great. Not everyone agrees with this. The Gra in Simon Tufkuk Pei Gimel says the reason why we eat an apple on Rosh Hashanah. Why do we have apples on Rosh Hashanah? Is an Orachaim Tufkuk Pei Gimel in the Gra. Is because Yitzchak smelled the smell of the field on Yaakov and the field was Chakal Tapuchin a field full of apples and therefore since this happened on Rosh Hashanah says the Grah and you know what he says the word Kiyadua as everyone knows it happened on Rosh Hashanah that's the wording of the Grah therefore we have apples on Rosh Hashanah it's amazing because there's no measures like that no measures that we've seen. There is an opinion in the Miyamalays and the Medrash Rabbis Namakimel that says that the two goats were the two Seirim of Yom Kippur. They were the two goats of Yom Kippur. The Seir Lashem and the Seir Lazazem. Okay, so that's there. But that's Yom Kippur. That is no Shaykh of the Rosh Hashanah. I have no idea where the Grug gets it from. I haven't seen it yet, but hopefully we'll be able to find a way. The Grug, Kiyadua. Everyone knows this. Everyone should know it's Rosh Hashanah, except for everybody else who says that it's Pesach. Except for everybody else there. So at the end of the day, we have that the Seder was done over here. And all the crazy stuff of what was going on in that night. Unbelievable stuff. We'll stop with that, guys. Have